0: Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. How are you this morning? How are you really? Amen, you don't sound like it. Great worship, praise the Lord. I sense his presence in this place. So I'm going to jump right into this. Revelation 21, we've been there for several weeks now. When God is talking to John and giving him this vision, by the time we get to verse 5 of chapter 21, God says, Behold, I am making all things new. Think about that for a second. Just think about that word new for just a moment. Um, Sometimes we think of new, and I know Josh gave us some powerful celebrations to praise the Lord for. There really is something called a new hip. You're the hippest woman in this church right now. There really is something called a new vehicle. The Brown family has been praying literally for months and preparing and looking for transportation a brand new van and God's opened the doors and guess what they drove up in today a new van amen now the beauty of this is God's not just talking about new hips and vans making all things new means that whatever you need in your life today there really can be a new thing a new beginning um, this, this is hard to get our minds around sometimes because we sort of get stuck when, when God says we want to give you a new beginning. Through Jesus Christ you can have a new life. There's a new creation. We, we hear it, we want to try to believe it, but we just don't really move into it because new just sounds too new. Sounds unbelievable. But God's word is replete with examples of how new things can happen. Uh, Psalms 40 tells us he put a new song... In my mouth of praises to our God. Ezekiel 36 says, and I will give you a new heart. Now I just need you to just relax for a moment. Because God wants to do some things in your life. But it's it's our ability to see that God wants to do a new thing in our life, whether we'll embrace it or not. And we do, we get stuck. Because we've been hurt, we've, we've been betrayed, something has happened. And we've just decided, okay, that's good for someone else, but not for me. That will work for someone else, but not for me. You see, I've been hurt, or I've had a setback, or I've lost everything. And every, every story in here can be the same, but they'll be very different. But I'm wanting you to hear God this morning. I can make all things new. And, and Ezekiel tells us that he can give us a new heart. Lamentations says that his faithfulness is new every morning. There's a new move of God every morning. Even in Matthew, when Jesus met with the disciples, for the last time before he was crucified, he he sat down with them and he gave them the cup and said, I want you to drink, this is my blood of the new covenant. There's a new thing that's about to happen that will change your life. Romans 6-4 says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism, and we move into newness of life. Second Corinthians a very familiar passage because every time we move into Jesus Christ, we need to understand that we are not moving in the old man. He has died. Now, we're still in the flesh, but the Bible tells us that anyone who is in Jesus Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, he is to be renewed, the spirit of your mind, to be put on the new self and create after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians 3.10 says, we should put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. 1 Peter 1.3, and I I may not have this on, on the uh, PowerPoint, I know, but praise be to God, the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Now, here's what I'm trying to get across to you this morning. When God says, I can do something new, he can. If God says he can do something new, he really can. Now, with that, just as a, a challenge before we move forward, I want to go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43, very familiar passage to most of us, probably. But as we set this up, the children of Israel have been taken captive. They're going into a, a very long period of bondage. It's, it's not a short period, it's going to be 70 years. As a matter of fact, many prophets in this time were trying to tell them what we all want to hear. It's going to be fast. Don't worry about it. This isn't going to last long. Don't you want your days of suffering? Don't you want that to be the message? Hello? You know, if you're going through a struggle, don't you want the word from God to be, it's not going to be long? Don't worry, there's no pain involved. Don't worry, it's only going to last a few days. But, but the reality is, the children of Israel knew they were moving into something that it was going to last for a while. The children of Israel were moving into Babylon, and, and listen, they lost everything. They weren't having a bad day they lost everything. Their temple was destroyed. Their worship was taken away. Everything that reminded them of who God was was destroyed. Their culture, if you will, was decimated. They had to move into a land where, where God was saying to them, this isn't punishment, this is the repercussions. But listen, God shared these words. He told Isaiah, tell them this, and it's, we find it in chapter 43. It says this, put that scripture up there. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, you know this, I am doing a new thing. Will you not perceive it? It's springing up. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now what is he saying there? To a people who have lost everything. To a people who seem to have no hope. To someone who really doesn't know how to reach out and take the next step, what is he saying? How can we even hear this morning that there really can be a new thing? What does that even look like? The first thing that that you'll understand when you are preparing for a new thing, the first thing that will happen is you'll receive a word from God. You'll receive a word from God. Now, why is that important? Because that's the way it's all happened. It's always happened, though. God needs to give us, anything you do needs to be built on a word from God. Now, everybody out there thinking, oh, is he going to give us a new word from God? No. I don't think we can make up any new words. What I do pray for is revelation. I pray for the same thing that you've been reading for 10 years to blow up in your face this morning. I'm praying for the things that you've been reading and studying for months, trying to figure out how to apply it to your life, you'll you'll finally realize that he's wanting to take our lives and change everything, not just apply something. God, this morning, are you ready? Are you really ready this morning for this? He's tired of us. Remember last week we talked about we just keep trimming the branches when it's really a root issue? Um, He's tired of us trimming branches or putting on one more coat of paint, and we look good, but we know down deep inside the issues are not really resolved. That's why building on anything else but the Word. Now, why do I know this is factual? Because even in the beginning in Genesis, God spoke and things were created, right? God said, let there be light, and there was light. It's the power of God's Word in our life. Even Jesus, when He comes to us, we see in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everybody knows verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What is that saying? Jesus is the word. There's power in the word. And that same word we must receive to build our life upon it. So how do we do that? First he says forget the former things. You've just got to forget some things. Forget some things. Well it's never worked that way before. Okay well then just forget it. Well, I've been betrayed. Okay, now let's, let's forget it. Now I'm not talking about counseling this morning. I'm not talking about a simple, hey, you know what? Let's just move on. Let's bury the hatchet and move on. How many know that sometimes when we say bury the hatchet, we're not thinking in Christian terms? If we really could bury the hatchet and move on, there'd be casualties, right? You might think you'll be happier, but there's really casualties. He's not saying just bury the hatchet and move on. It's not just an emotional pull yourself up by the bootstraps and force yourself to move on to something new. No, what he's saying is, forgetting those things that are behind, forget it. You can't, you can't go back and change anything. You can't go back and change what's happened to you. You can't go back and change. And this is not because he has no love or mercy. He's saying, forget it because I'm doing a new thing. You see, you have to have the Word of God speak into you. And when you receive that Word, now you can start building on something. Because before you build on that Word, you're just building on feeling. Before you build on His Word, you're just building on your strength. Before you build on His Word, you're just building on your abilities. I know I'm right, you're too quiet. See, the reality, most of us, we think in our minds, Lord, I need a miracle. What is it that I can do? That would not be a miracle. That would just be us doing what we can do. See, when, when you get to the place where only God can do what's necessary, it's on His Word you need to start. How do we, how do we hear His Word? The first way we hear His Word is we get a sacred word of the Scripture. Now, this is going to be very elementary. This is not a deep word. We've got to get in the word. See, this Bible, (coughs) I know know we live in a technology-driven society, and these seem antiquated, but I challenge you in the name of Jesus, get a book, get the holy word, um, we talked about this on the first Sunday when we started the series. The difference between writing things down and typing them down. You take in so much more when you write things down. Uh, the reason you should be studying this book, and we study everything else. You get a new job, you want a promotion, you go home and read stuff, you don't even like it and you're reading it. You don't even, you really don't even care what it does, you just know you have to pass the test. And you'll read it, how many have a driver's license? You know you study and study, then you go in and you even pray while you're taking that test. Lord, I don't even know what this means, but I'll make it be a blinker in Jesus' name. <laughs> so we, we know that when we have to, we can read. Now, why is this important? Because we spend most of our lives as Christians, if we're not careful, needing an answer from God, and it's right here. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not anti-technology, but here's what I do know. You can read your screen all day long, but it's not going to stick. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm good at it. No, no, you're not. I'm sorry. You may be good at at keeping records, but you get this down in your spirit. Why is this important? Because there's got to be a place where you can scribble. There's got to be a place that I'm talking about this morning, and you get right by Revelations 21.5, and you write by, yes, Lord, make all things. There's just got to be a place that, that you can look at somebody's Bible, and it's got some scars on it. It's got some pages bent. It's got some pages missing because they just keep turning them so fast. And I'm saying this because here's what I've discovered. Uh, You can look at a Bible that's beat up by life, and the person carrying it can get beat up and not care. Now think about that for a second. You you can look, if you look at a person who they're walking, and it's primarily, I was raised and it was always one of my grandmothers until I got old enough and I realized my dad had a couple of old Bibles laying around. I've got them in my office just to remind me you gotta wear stuff out if you want to get something out of it. See, uh, until you really get into this... Now, listen, I, I love you. You can study your computer screens all day long. That's really... Can I rant here for 20 seconds? That's really our problem. You can Google pain and the computer screen will give you 47 scriptures on pain. You even print them off and carry around with you. You don't know why they're used. You're just trying to quote one little scripture out of the Bible and hope God takes your magical, um, through a miracle, takes your pain away. God is not a sorcerer. He's not a genie in a bottle. There's a reason the Word is given to us. Um, it, it, It just could be that when you're going through God's Word, you don't just look up all the scriptures on pain. Just listen to me for a second. You don't look up all the scriptures on pain and hope something sticks. You go to that passage and, well, why did Jesus suffer? You see, even Jesus had to be disciplined unto death. Jesus had to understand that suffering, because he, he understands that you and I suffer. Jesus experienced suffering. It even taught him that you just can't go to the cross without any pain. So you and I want our things dealt with, but pain-free. We want to learn lessons. Can I tell you the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life was through a great deal of pain. When I look back over my life, every lesson I learned, it was pain involved. Now, I'm saying all this to say this. How's the first way we hear from God? I want to encourage you to, to get a Bible and just get in it. I'm tired of hearing preachers tell me to get in a Bible. I'm going to say it one more time. Get a Bible and get in it. Start marking it up. Start writing down questions and come and ask me. It's not about me, but, but you'll have somebody to come and ask. Uh, it, come and sit down and talk with the staff here at the church, and we'll, we'll talk about those questions. Get in a grace group so you can talk about the different scriptures you're studying. Because and, and, it's okay to say, you know what, I don't, I don't know that I believe this. Well, let's look at the whole Word of God and try to understand this together because His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let's find out what God is saying because then the next time you're struggling with something, you won't go through a whole week of poor is me and why am I, when you can start immediately going, I know that God has the answer. Let me just go right here. I know I could call four friends and cry, but I'm going to get on my knees and start reading the Word of God and bypass that and go straight to the answers. But we also hear the Word of God through the spoken word what I'm doing right now. Now there's nothing special about this because you may come back next week or not. But the spoken word is preachers are teachers that you hear the Word of God being spoken to you. I was raised hearing incredible preachers and teachers. I really have heard, in my opinion, the best um, and many of them have passed on. So they were even older in years but I'd hear them stand and just teach and preach on the word and, and challenge, and I would leave. But you know what was happening, and even is happening now? I, I would I would just hear things. I'd be listening to the word of God, and the Holy Spirit would just trigger things in my life because maybe I had read that verse, and they just made it come alive a different way. And maybe God was doing something in my life, and something would just come alive a different way. And they would say one thing, but the Holy Spirit was showing me something totally different than what he was even preaching. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but I can't tell you how many times even after service is here. And if you're a teacher or a pastor, you've experienced this. People will come up to you and say, Man, were you at our table yesterday? Were you, were you in our house last night? And the answer is no. Here, here's what it is when, when people are just preaching the word. Now listen, not opinion, but just preaching the word of Christ. Word of God, preaching Jesus Christ, what happens? The Holy Spirit knows what you've been wrestling with. And and even when when I say get a Bible, get in the Word, everybody hears and feels something different. Everybody does. And the Holy Spirit knows how to drive it right home. And see, some of you, can I I dig just a little bit? Some of you might even be saying, who is he? I don't have to do what he wants to do. But see, I already know what God's going to do. Because the Holy Spirit on the way home says little things like, no, you don't have to do anything He said, but will you do what I said? He just messes with you. God has a way of connecting with you where you are. And now, listen, don't hate me for it. I've got to live everything I'm talking about. Believe me, um, if I talk about 64 stories, they're mine. Okay, when I talk about how God deals with people during the week, it's because I've had to wrestle through the same thing. If, if I talk to you about, hey, you've got to get into the Word, because it's easy to get comfortable living on what you've always had, not what God has for you. And see, we get comfortable there. But if God does a new thing, it's not going to be where you are. It's going to be where He's taking you. And so it's, it's very important to, to stay in the Word, to be hearing the Word. But then there's one more way that we hear The word and it's a spiritual word. Now I'm going to talk about the prophetic for just a moment and don't get nervous because one of the things that I've noticed here about Grace River is the reason we all come from so many different backgrounds is we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We, We may have a lot of different beliefs in how the gifts operate and how different things operate and that's okay. We can walk together on some of those things. But the things we'll never stop believing is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died was crucified, rose on the third day, and is coming again. And see, it's those things that I believe. Jesus said, if I believe it up, I will draw all men unto me. So you're not here because we're Baptist. You're not here because we're Episcopalian. You're not here because we're Presbyterian. You're not here because we're Pentecostal. Some of you don't even know why you're here. But we're all here because we're hearing about Jesus. We need to hear about Jesus. So when I say prophetic word, don't get nervous. There's so many levels of that. I'm not talking about the office of prophet. What I am talking about, that we all should be walking in a spiritual way, that we're living in God's word, and hearing God just whisper to us. Because it could be that if we see someone, you know, I'm, I'm just amazed sometimes. First of all, I praise God for it sometimes in my devotions I'll be reading and I I might just be in a off topic chapter Ezra 4 Lord give me a word for that person I'm in Ezra Lord so work but it's just amazing how God will take whatever you've been reading and somehow you'll go to work or or I'll go to the store and someone will say you know have you ever been struggling? And they'll, like come, they'll just ask something right out of what I just read that morning. Because God knows I'm not smart enough to be that prepared. Come on, I'm really talking about you. I'm just being nice. <laughs> God knows we're not sharp enough to, to always be so prepared that we can handle everything. But if we'll just be faithful to study and to, to listen to his voice, he'll be faithful enough to meet us there. And, and, and I'm not calling anybody to the prophetic ministry, but it's amazing how you can have a word for somebody. It, it might even be a reminder. This morning, I asked George, and I told him I was going to share this this morning. George came up to me and said, hey, what were you going through on Wednesday? And I thought back, what was I going through on Wednesday? We were in Baltimore for, we met with some friends and visited our grandchildren. And actually, we were driving back and and visiting some family and driving back from Annapolis Wednesday. Been a, a couple of tough days, tired days, nothing critically wrong. But he just reminded me by saying, the Lord just laid you on my heart to pray for you. Um, can I tell you that that's more encouragement than you can ever imagine? Because that's just God reminding you, hey, John, I will never leave you or forsake you." That even when you're out of town, I'm tapping people on the shoulder to just lift you up in prayer. Even when you think you're in a battle all by yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm reminding people, hey, uh, don't forget him. Pray for him. Pray for their family. Pray for that individual. And see, God's doing it for you, too. Um, if you'll just hear the spoken word of this this morning very quickly, I'm just here to remind some of you there's still power in the word of God, and you'll be amazed at the new thing he's trying to do in your life, but I think it might come when you start digging back into what God is doing. Well, Pastor, I don't even know where to begin. Just start in John. John chapter 1. Just start there, and just when you start having questions, write them down. Get a notebook. Men, I know we don't like to journal. Um, It's mixed. I know there might be a lot of you that don't like the journal. Write this down. Get a journal. Oh, man, I didn't come to church to go back to school. Get a Bible and a journal. You're not going to school. This is life. It's not about going to school. When you learn about what God is doing, you find out that you are doing life the second thing. So The first thing is a word. But then the second thing, we realize that there's a new work. He says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing something. I'm just not abstractly saying, here's my word, there's power. I'm not just reminding you that I am God and I'm gonna make a way. He says, no, no, I'm doing a thing. I'm doing something. And there's a couple of places he does a something in our life. First of all, he's always doing something around us. He's always operating in our circumstances, whether we understand it or not. God's, listen, some of you are fearful about work tomorrow, but you need to understand God's already at work in your work tomorrow. God's at work in your families. God's at work in your circumstances. Well, if God's at work in my circumstances, these are great questions. If God's at work in my circumstances, then why is everything turned upside down? Because he's not trying to fix his circumstances, he's trying to fix you. See, it would be easy for God just to fix things, but that's not the new thing he wants to do. Um I want to encourage you, pray for things. Pray for anything. Pray for a new car. Pray for a new house. This isn't prosperity gospel. Pray for stuff. That's okay. It's amazing, though, how that when you start praying for stuff, God still is rewiring your thinking in your heart because I have always found by the time he gets me that stuff, I have found out how to budget. I have learned how to creatively do things a certain way where now, if God can get it to me, I'll I'll be able, because sometimes if God gets stuff to us, we know that the rest of our prayer life is going to be, Lord, I'm two months behind. Lord, thank you for the new house, but I can't pay for it. God, I need need 20 more years of miracles. Maybe you don't need the house. Because see, the new thing is not about a house, it's you. But you'll be surprised as God's working in you, am I making any sense? I'm not against new stuff. I love new stuff, but here's what I do know. You can have a lot of new stuff and still be miserable. You can have all the stuff in the world and still be undone. You could have great businesses, you could have all the employees, you could have a beautiful family, picket fence, and be undone. On the other hand, I know people who have nothing, and they're the happiest people in the world. They don't even have anything new. And I even, my faith even is like, Lord, help them out a little bit. They, their, their car, both of them stay broke down. There's nothing running. And, but they're the happiest people I know. I'm like, how can they be so happy? And have, They can't even drive anywhere. And, and then we get in our cars, and by the time we get halfway wherever we're driving, we're yelling at somebody in our mind. Maybe the best way for us to keep saying is stop driving. I, I know I'm meddling. Here, here's the reality. God wants to do something new in our life, and he's doing it all around us. He says, will you not perceive it? Can't you get a glimpse of it? Because he's doing stuff around us, and he desires to do something in us. I love Romans eight twenty-eight. All things... All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. The scripture goes on to say that it has been predestined that you and I become conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. See, He's not trying to, he's not trying to make a new John McCloud. John McCloud has died because He desires for John McCloud to become more like Christ every day we talked about this the other day in flow and Josh brought it out so powerfully but you may have heard this before but the word Christian means little Christ really when we call ourselves Christians what we're really saying is we're all little Christ and so this doesn't mean that you have to lose your identity God created you in his own image he created you but he's just trying to redeem us and through the power of his Holy Spirit, make us what we can be. And listen, it doesn't, mean like, it doesn't mean that life here on this planet, as we know it, is going to be perfect over time. But there's going to come a time when the, world, the word of God says that this will pass away. But behold, he will make all things new. See, things in our life, we, we get too hung up on trying to get comfortable too fast here. Now, I'm all about comfort. But what I've discovered is it's not really good for us. Because you start getting comfortable, you start putting up with stuff you never thought you would put up with. You start getting comfortable, you'll start doing things that you never thought you would do. And so this morning, even if I just push you a little bit out of your comfort zone, I I think the, the biggest thing is for us to understand that God's doing a new thing around us, but he desires to do a new thing in us. So he can do something through us. God's got a calling and a gift in all of our lives, giftedness in all of our lives that he desires to use. I, I just, I want to just throw out there what if we said, Lord, here I am, use me. But then we lived in the word in such a way that we were digging and, and just trying to find out, not, not for some platform ministry. Listen, please, please hear what I'm saying. If we get too caught up on God, is this going to make me famous? God, am I, I going to be able to make money? Does this hire full-time? Um, don't, don't get hung up on that stuff. Um, as a matter of fact, when we start declaring the Word, I, I skipped over this too quickly, we need to be not just hearing me preach the Word, but you need to be preaching the Word. What do you mean? You all get blamed for it. At home, when you're talking with your kids or with your spouse, somebody at some point says, Stop preaching. Or somebody at some point says, I don't mean to be too preachy. I hope I'm not preaching when I say this. You ever, you ever feel yourself saying that? Listen, let me, go ahead and do it. Especially to our kids. Go ahead. Just preach away. But don't preach your opinion and don't preach your attitude and don't try to preach what you want. Preach the word. Quote the word. You'll be surprised at how those kids really are listening. And they'll even become teenagers and say, I can't stand. All I hear is the word, the word, the word. Guess what they're going to remember when they're 30? The word, the word, the word. Um, Don't use it as an axe. Don't use it to battle. Use it to influence. Because the third thing, and I'm wrapping this up. The third thing that we can really begin to hear the word, God's word, it simply tells us that he's creating a new way. He's given us a new word. What is that? He's given us an incredible opportunity to be a part of a new thing. Because as we move into this new fall, this fall is just a few weeks away. School is starting, and everybody's moving up to a new grade. College starts this week. You're all going to new classes. Parents should be much more excited than you're acting right now. This is supposed to be almost as exciting as Christmas. But but here's the reality. We get so stuck in a rut because we've heard new, 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 new so many times, and it's just failed. But I want you to hear God this morning. I'm doing something in your life. I'm, I'm speaking to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to embrace the words and and dig in and study, and I want you to become a part of what I'm doing. I want you to become much more aware of what I'm doing around you, in your family, in your life, in your world. Don't look at the world around you and say, woe is me. Stand in my presence and say, woe is me. Because, God, I don't add up to your presence. Forget about adding up to the world. I want to be what you want me to be, and I want to live in your presence. So when I'm out there, I make a difference. And it might even be a, hey, can we talk for a minute? I know we haven't met, but a word will change their life. Something simple will change their life. Because in number three, he's saying, I'm making a new way. A new way. He says in that last passage of Isaiah 43, he says, I'm making a new way. I'm making a new way through the wilderness and I'm making streams in the desert. Now it's easy because by the time we get to the prophets, they're, they're always alluding back and reminding the children of Israel constantly of what God had done. That God led them out of bondage. God led them through the Red Sea. God provided through them in powerful ways. God, God gave them paths to walk through difficult, dry places and when necessary, there were rivers in the desert. Can I tell you what rivers bring, what water represents in the Word of God? Life. That's why, and Grace River doesn't have a tagline. It's Ezekiel 47. Wherever the river flows, there's life. In Ezekiel 47, the the prophet Ezekiel has been shown by the angel that, that, that water was coming from the temple and it led him to edge of the temple and went out a thousand cubits and he came to the edge of the river that was just ankle-deep. But a thousand more cubits, it was knee-deep. And a thousand more cubits out, it was waist-deep. And the further out in the river you, you were to go, it became waters to swim in. And then he started to describe what happens when that river begins just to move through wherever it's going. And when that river moves, there's, there's life. It's teeming with fish the trees on each side of the banks of the river have leaves. They're always bearing fruit. Even, even every season, the trees are constantly bearing fruit. And what he's describing is a life and a people and a future that when you get into the river of God, there's the kind of life that wherever it takes you, you're going to touch people and there's going to be life. Now, see, we can't imagine that because we sort of live in a closed-off way And we sort of say, God, please help me with my life. God, help me in my circumstances. There's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with that after the first day. But after a while, um, it, it really becomes, all right, John, I heard your cry, but do you care about my people? do you care about where the rivers going or just your little drop do you care about understanding that the river of God that's moving is not just about making your thirst and quenching your thirst but it's about reaching thousands upon thousands and that wherever you go is not about trying to get them in the building it's that when, when you leave here today you just need to embrace the fact that God wants to use you and, yes, even your circumstances to touch families and lives that, that even if you're meeting people this afternoon, that in your mind you're thinking, Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to this lunch. I am not looking forward to this dinner. I just want to speak life into that dinner right now. I've been to those family reunions. Somebody say amen. You know, you got those family gatherings where you're like, Oh, man. Make sure we park in the back so we can be the first ones out. Amen? Park on the street. Don't get boxed in because we want to be the first ones out. And don't eat the potato salad. You know what happened last time? I mean, oh, we have all of our anxieties. But, but here's the reality. Instead of going with fear and anxiety, what, what this time if you just decided, you know what, I don't know how God's going to do this, but I'm going to start looking for God moments because I, I heard this morning that God's at work in everything. So I'm not going looking for the pain in the moment. I'm I'm just going to see what God's up to. And it just could be that you're the living water that he brings to the table. It could be that you're the nice attitude that shows up in the room that day. I'm not picking on anyone because we all have bad days, but what I am saying is just what if? What if I decided I'm going to allow God to show me that there is a way. He's made a way through the difficult areas in my life. And not only can I be a testimony to that, I'm going to make sure that people experience the living water of Jesus Christ. He's met needs in my life that I can't even explain to you. Here's Let's close with this this morning. Emily, if you'll please come. Let's close with this. Um. There's been a lot of times in my life where it's been easy to think that this is it. This is how it's going to be. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor here, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to teach. or You know, you know we, we try to compartmentalize because we like to plan. We like to think we're strategists, and that's a good thing. He tells us to, to plan. He tells us to write things down. But we get too caught up into things either having to make sense or deciding what they're already going to be. And we take God out of the equation. We take any possibilities of God saying, wait a minute, um, no, take, take this step over here and trust me. Take this step over here and trust me. But God, I, I, I may not have the resources. I may not have the, the platform. And so we do things like that, and and things just seem to drag on. And and I've been through times in my life where I've said, God, aren't you going to do this with this ministry? Aren't you going to do this with the church? Aren't you going to, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to make this work? And he's always come back, back to me with this. John, I'm not trying to make a church work. I'm trying to do a work in you. See, God can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. What he's really after is you. See, don't don't get too wrapped up in if your business is successful. God can make your business successful. Will you surrender yourself to him? Don't get too wrapped up in, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. Yes, we need to love on our kids and pour ourselves into our kids. But at some point, you need to trust God with your kids. That's, that's what we do with our children. When we, when we have children, we bring them forward. We dedicate them to the Lord. Can I tell you what we're really doing? We're, we're saying, God, we confess, we don't know what we're doing. So we literally want to give them back to you. But, but here's what you're saying, also, you're saying publicly, God, we promise we're going to do our best. We promise we're going to try. We promise we're going to be a part of a local body that, that we love that little baby, and they're all upstairs right now learning about Jesus. They're in the nursery right now being taken care of. Some of you are holding them right now because you're going to love those babies. But we're saying, God, we're going to do the best that we can, but really, Lord, we trust them to you. And see, when they become teenagers, it's a different prayer because you don't know how you, you've poured into them, but they seem to be going a different direction. And now they're 20, or they're 30, or they're 35. Can can I just tell you? That's when it's easy to look around at your family circumstances and say, "Man, we're messed up." No, listen, listen. I want you to hear him saying, "I'm doing a new thing." You can't perceive it, don't you? Don't you? Don't don't deny the fact that yes, they may be 30 and running. But don't don't ever think that I'm not out there somewhere working on them too. Trust me. And just keep reminding yourself through his word that if if God shows up and and does miracles and meets needs in your life, I promise you he'll do the same thing in those around us. You You can't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. And if he wants to do a new thing, I want to challenge you this morning. We've talked about a lot of things over the last several weeks. And next week, we're wrapping this whole series, not next week, but in two weeks, we're wrapping this whole series up. And the title is simply this. I I prayed about these and they seem to change, but I'm going to go ahead and lock myself in. You ready? The end is only the beginning. The end is only the beginning. Because we've talked about trusting God's word, we've talked about understanding that Jesus Christ is the way. We've talked about being obedient to Him. We've talked about getting to the root of our problems in life. Quit, quit just shadowing and trimming branches when there's some root issues that we really allow need to allow Him to deal with. But, but then today, it's are we really willing to get back into the Word and start living this out according to His plan? Because He has a new way for us, amen? Let's all stand together. If you just bow your heads for a moment... <clears throat> If you're here this morning and saying, you know, John, I I hear what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I do. I do need to get into the word. I can't just depend on the pastor. I can't just depend on hoping someone comes by. I do need to trust that God is doing some new things in my life, but I need to be open to it. I want you just to pray with me right now. Just repeat after me. Father, do that new thing. Whatever it means. It might be a family issue. It might be business. It might be friendships. Friendships. It might be lifestyles but do a new thing help us to see what you are doing in our lives and we surrender it to you father I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ Lord every individual here as we leave this place today it not just be about going through the motions of one more service but it's about truly hearing your word and understanding That we do walk by faith and not by sight and whatever happens around us god help us by faith to understand you are in the midst of it something's happening but lord your true desire is for something to happen in us you're doing a work in us and i pray that in the name of jesus christ you just light some fires today open some eyes today in the name of jesus christ take the lid off some things in the name of jesus christ open some hearts today Father that they would really truly believe that new things are possible even if everything they've tried has failed new things are possible in the name of Jesus Christ new doors of opportunity are possible in the name of Jesus Christ new relationships are possible in the name of Jesus Christ new marriages are possible in the name of Jesus Christ Lord, use us And as we leave this place today lord i pray that we be a mighty river (laughs) lord let your children today when they leave this place take you with us everywhere and that our lives lord as as broken and as chiseled up as we are at times we are covered by your mercy and grace we are clothed in the righteousness of jesus christ so we go boldly father And Lord, I just pray that you allow our our presence as we enter the rooms of families and friends or even restaurants, Lord, not with arrogance, but with giving you the glory. Let your glory fill that place and that the river of God would bring life wherever we go and whatever we touch. Now I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen, amen. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment, but, but before we... Uh, before you leave, I pray and you leave. After I pray for uh, and bless you before you leave, I, I want you to know that we can come and pray. If you want to come and pray, we want to pray with you before you leave today. So if you need to be dismissed in a moment, you're free, God bless you. But we want to open these altars for those of you who need prayer. So the prayer teams are going to be coming and we're going to be dismissed. Father, I just pray that you be glorified today. Lord, again, thank you for your presence. I thank you for each person here. I thank you for each family here. I pray, God, that you you just continue to do a work. In the name of Jesus Christ, continue to do a work, Father. Holy Spirit, speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be dismissed. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com slash connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.